And yes, good morning to you. Thank you very much for staying with us this morning on gospelbearsradio.com. It's Friday, the 10th of November 2023. The program is On the Lord's Side, Christian Perspectives on News and Current Events. My name is Olufemi Ogmutoku. You can follow me on Twitter at Olufemi OG. You can follow Gospel Bells Radio on Twitter at Gospel Bells Radio. Today, we want to begin with another indication of the lack of clarity, lack of clarity coming from the Catholic Church and of course from many of the top Christian denominations in the world as regards the gender revolution and gender fluidity are two of the major plagues. Plagues are sailing, are sailing society today and of course are sailing the body of Christ as well. Yesterday news broke that the Vatican has approved that transgender people can receive baptism in the Catholic Church and can be named as godparents at baptism in the Catholic Church. This headline from foxnews.com says Vatican approves transgender people receiving baptism, becoming godparents. This headline from realtors.com says transgender people can be baptized as Catholic and serve as godparents. According to the Vatican, what happened, uh, what led to this was that a bishop, a Catholic bishop from Brazil, Bishop Giuseppe Negri of Santo Amaro, wrote to the Vatican seeking guidance on the issue, on the issue of whether transgender people may be baptized, whether transgender people may be named as godparents in the Catholic Church. And the Vatican responded, by giving that guidance, saying that yes, transgender people may be baptized into the Catholic Church, transgender people may be named as 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 godparents for those who are to be baptized. Now, there are a number, there are a number of things to unpack there. To unpack there, one of the reactions that has come in uh, to this has been from one of the leading uh, one of the leading archbishops in the in the United States, Father Brian Greb, uh, who is with the Archdiocese of New York. And he, according to him, he said, well, this is an interesting document and he made mention of something that would always, uh, would always bring to, to ridicule those who fail to be clear on matters like this. He said, well, what I was disappointed not to see in the document was affirmation that in the rite of baptism itself, Whatever name the person has, we call it a Christian name or their baptismal name. What we must affirm is that the correct biological pronouns are to be used. And that's what that Archbishop from New York said in reaction to uh, to the Vatican now approving that transgender people may be baptized or named as godparents in the Catholic Church. And you see, this is big news, really, because for a long time, the Catholic Church has been seen as the bastion of conservative Christianity. And don't let the word conservative put you off. Uh, the word conservative has been has been beleaguered. That word has been traduced unfairly. It's not a bad word. Uh, to be a conservative Christian, it's not a bad word to be conservative about things that ought to be conserved. If you are conservative about things that ought to be conserved, it's a good thing. Although in the popular culture, you find that the word conservative has been given not only a pejorative meaning, but a derogatory meaning. But if you are conservative about the scriptures, if the society you want to live in, the society you prefer, the society you want to work for is a society that reflects the precepts of God as said in the Bible, then you are a conservative 
uh, Bible-believing Christian, you want to conserve those values taught in the Bible. And it's a good thing. Uh, for a long time, the Catholic Church has been seen as the bastion of conservative Christianity uh, with Pope John Paul II and then and then Benedict the Fifteen. Wonderful, wonderful, uh, wonderful popes who stood up for biblical Christianity. Uh, the, the current Pope, Pope Francis, it's difficult to say where he stands, and I think he takes delight in that. He takes delight in not being clear about matters like this. But as we always say, those who refuse to be clear about their theology, those who refuse to be clear about their stance, they've already made their stance known. It does not cost anything to be as clear as possible on what the scripture says. This is so clear. If you are a Bible-believing person, that you should not have any problem whatsoever believing them. Now, the... The point raised by this Archbishop from New York is to say that, well, although this guidance from the Vatican says this is what to do, but then uh, that guidance should have affirmed that the persons who are presented for baptism should be addressed using their biological pronouns. Are they to be addressed by priests, priests of God, priests serving other Christ, are people born of a biological gender to be addressed by priests who are loyal to Christ in pronouns other than their biological pronouns? Are we saying that that malady has now come into the church as well? That a person presenting from all intents and purposes as a biological male would not be regarded or be pronounced as the rite of baptism. Can you imagine the scandal of it all? Uh, will not be pronounced as the rite of baptism by the priest as uh, maybe as, as a woman when the person appears to you uh, biologically to be uh, to, to be male. And you see, it is as scandalous as it comes. And something interesting, I mean, it's not, the word is not even interesting. Something appalling about the guidance from the Vatican is that uh, the Vatican now writes to the different priests all over the world saying that Yes, you can baptize transgender people. Yes, you can allow transgender people to be named as godparents as long as, listen to this, as long as it would not lead to scandal or disorientation. As long as it would not lead to scandal or disorientation. And people are asking the question, well, when will it not lead to scandal? If you do it in one instance, one, even if you do it in one instance in a remote village, one instance in a remote village, it will still be scandalous. It will, it will still be scandalous even if it is done in one remote village in the remotest part of the world. The Pope is saying, well, you should do this thing, but it should not lead to scandal. The argument for people on the other side, people will say, look, uh, they sh- people like that, transgender people should be baptized. The argument for them is that well, you don't want to chase people away from the church. You want to keep them close into the church and then continue to and then continue to evangelize them and then continue to proselytize them and hope that they will eventually come to accept what what the Lord uh, wants them to accept. The uh, the danger with that kind of thinking is that I believe it's even mischievous in the first place. It's mischievous in the first place. Uh, in the rite of baptism, except when you're talking about infant baptism, in the rite of baptism, you have a person confessing Christ, confessing Christ, confessing his obedience to Christ. Indeed, Godparents take the vow to be under the leadership of Christ, to be subject to the leadership of Christ and to uh, to renounce the devil. That's what is done at the end of baptism, confessing the lordship of Jesus Christ, Godparents and the and the person and the candidate for baptism, renouncing the devil, renouncing the works of the devil and Affirming obedience to Christ. 
So the next question is, is it obedience to Christ when a person chooses to live uh, in rebellion against the the precepts of God? Uh, that's a big deal uh, because these things have consequences. So once you take this step, and then again, what it does is that it signals, it signals to the world, it signals to the church, it signals to young people that, well, this thing is not as bad as it comes, it's not as horrible, it's not as scandalous, it's not as ungodly as has been painted in the past. You can still be named as Godparent. The point is, at what point would such people be confronted with the teaching of our Lord on what is acceptable or what is not acceptable, unless this is a way for the church uh, to change its teachings. And you see, what is happening in many of the established denominations is that you find the leaders who have already given in to the culture. You find many of them saying that, oh, we are not trying to change the teachings of the church. We are not going to change the the age-long beliefs of the church, but just in practice, we are going to in practice, we are going to reflect what is happening in society. And the point is, you've already changed the teaching of the church. Once you allow, uh, especially uh, transgender people to be named as godparents. Godparents are, uh, in many cases, all all other things being equal, adult persons, people who can take responsibility. So these are people, if you have a transgender person and you name that person as godparent, you are saying that this person who is an adult who should know uh, is led from his right, who should know whether he or she is living in rebellion against God or not. You don't mind that he's living in rebellion against God. Instead of that, you allow him to also take charge of the spiritual life of the candidate for baptism. Can you imagine uh, the horror of that? Can you imagine how how clearly that has not been thought through? But the point is that has been thought through. People have thought through it. They know what they're doing. The people who are doing these things know exactly what they are doing. They should not be excused. And that's what I'm trying to make. That nobody should excuse uh, the Vatican to say maybe they do not know exactly what they are doing. Nobody should excuse the Vatican. Like they, the, the people who are pushing these policies, they know exactly what they are doing. Another point to note is that uh, for the Catholic Church, you find that, uh, for example, the Bishop of, of Brazil wrote to the Vatican for clarification, for guidance on these things. These are matters that should not require the hierarchy of the church to clarify. Do you agree with me? It should not require the hierarchy of the church to clarify at all. These are biblical things, matters of the Bible, that the Holy Spirit should interpret in the heart of every Christian. And, of course, the our Lord said over and over again, that the Holy Spirit will testify of me. He will testify of me. Jesus affirmed the scriptures and he said the Holy Spirit will testify of me. There is no way that the Holy Spirit of God will testify as to anything other than what is in the Bible. We're bringing this up just to keep our listeners and members of this community updated on, well, where the culture stands and not only the culture where uh, the Christian church stands in this matter, but you know where you should stand. You should stand on the Lord's side. You should stand on the on, on the precepts of God as revealed in the Holy Scriptures. You do not need anyone anywhere to clarify to you what you should do. The Holy Spirit, you already have the Holy Spirit as your teacher, as your guide, and the Holy Spirit is the one who testifies of Christ, Christ himself, who affirmed all all of the portions of the Bible. We should keep our churches in prayer. 
especially those who are the head of this church. Uh, we understand that the pressure is much from the secular culture, but you see, at the point, at the end of the day, uh, those who have decided to be on the pilgrim way, those who have signed up with Christ, must be people who have renounced, who have renounced all earthly fame and earthly pleasure. The point is, the, the, the main issue is that many of the leaders of our Christian denominations, they still want to be accepted in the, you know, in the, in the high places of this world. They want to be welcomed by the Hollywood celebrities. They want to be welcomed in high places. They don't want to be seen as, as a cake, as fundamentalists. They still want the adulation of the world. That's the point. Once a Christian renounces the adulation of the world, it becomes easy for that Christian then to stand on the truth of the Bible. And we do pray that our God will raise for himself a generation of Christians who will truly say, let good and kindred go, this mortal life also, the body they may kill, God's truth abideth still. And like this morning, I want to engage with this, well, uh, this fascinating story brought into public consciousness by one Joe Igbokwe. You should know him. He's, he's, he's pretty uh, popular in politics. Uh, he's from the Southeast and he has been working closely with the APC for a long time. But I mean, this is not about politics. This is about something in the culture that he posted on Instagram yesterday and has got many people really reflecting on where the morality of the younger generation stands right now or the extent that younger people would go. Or, or perhaps, be, better put, uh, the, the thin boundaries or lack of boundaries in what younger people do nowadays. Now, this person wrote on, on Instagram, Mr. Joe Igbokwe, said pictures from Taraba State Polytechnic students signing out. We have not seen anything yet. This generation now cruise. They scare me stiff. I mean, that's a, that's a mixture of English, of English and then broken English. What this person is saying is that it's inviting everybody to look at the pictures from Taraba State Polytechnic from students signing out. If you are acquainted with what students usually do, Many students at the uh, at the fi- at, at the submission of their projects or the day of their final exams, then they go all about doing all sorts of things in, in celebration of the completion of their of, of the academic requirements for the grant of the degrees that they have been pursuing. You find people, uh, some people are writing on their shirts or doing all sorts of things. But in this case, there are pictures here showing that. The students of Taraba State Polytechnic, while celebrating the completion, the final year student of that school, while celebrating the completion of their exams, uh, have been celebrating by writing on one another's T-shirts, writing with with colored markers, writing different things. You don't know what they have been, what they have been writing. But it is not strange for those writings to be done on T-shirts, on shirts, on clothing. But it is 
almost scandalous to the person who has uh, some boundaries drawn in his moral code to find that you that ladies, of course, adult ladies, would allow boys or people of the other other gender to write on their underwears as well and that's what is exactly happening that is scandal in this in these photographs that you find students of the Taraba state in uh, polytechnic upon signing out from the school uh, you find boys young men writing on the underwears of the girls all all in the name of celebrating the completion of their academic program in this particular picture you find the younger female uh, you find the female person uh undoing uh her jeans and then allowing this boy to write on uh underwears there's a boy writing on the underwear of of a girl there's another girl writing on the underwears of another girl and you're wondering exactly what is the point also there's a picture of of a boy who has his his trouser pulled down so that people can write on his boxers as well and the, the question is yes it is one thing to celebrate right it is one thing to celebrate it is one thing to be to be happy and to say look we've completed our academic program maybe let's hold a party uh maybe let's uh let's go out and dance you can understand things like that but then you want uh, you expect that there should be boundaries and this person is commenting saying that well this generation now cruise they scare me stiff as i always say the you find that the sweetness is in the comments received is it is it this generation that we should be scared of that's the question is it this generation that we should be scared of somebody raised at uh, that point while reacting to this story and so the, somebody answered that question by saying no it is not the generation that is acting in scandalous manner that we should be scared of that we should be and that we should be condemning this person opined that we should be condemning the generation that raised them. And is that not true? Uh, you may look at uh, the so-called Gen Z generation and say, oh, uh, these people don't have boundaries. These people do, uh, they do things that will make you uh, have your mouth, your mouth wide open and things that just blow all the lines of decency. Not all of them. There are Christian people, even in that generation. But you look at uh, what you see and uh, what, what is popular on social media and you say wow people just don't have boundaries anymore these young people don't have boundaries anymore and somebody responded by saying look don't let that scare you or, or in any case don't uh, be angry with them you look into yourself and ask yourself it is not the generation that is behaving in an appalling manner that should be condemned it is the generation that raised that generation so this person wrote saying sometimes it's not just about the generation instead it's the causes poor parenting adds to this menace naivety peer pressure associated with growth which makes their thought process so immature social media negative influences and so many other factors nevertheless as a parent make sure you play your role of disciplining your children as much as you can within your capacity and leave the rest to god yes sometimes it's not easy if you spare them out of pity, you will spoil them with later regrets. And that expresses the position of the Bible clearly on mothers like this. It is one thing to look at uh, at the younger generation and say, ha, huh, this is so appalling. This younger generation, no, uh, no boundaries. And to easily forget that that generation was put in the care of another generation. Is that not, is that not what the Bible teaches? That these children are put in the care of of the parents uh, we did not teach them about boundaries 
who expose them to the negative influences of social media too early in life, right? Who did not moderate their consumption of 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 things on social media? Who did not guide them when they were being fed all sort of things by Big Brother Nigeria, you know, and all the celebrities in Hollywood and Nollywood? So the blame, and I, and I do fully agree that the blame should be put on that generation that refused to train up uh, the generation that now appears to Apollos. But having said that, you must still wonder and say, wow, no boundaries, no boundaries whatsoever. And next, we want to engage with this story. I do not know whether you came across this story. I think it started trending early this week. The story of a lecturer at the Obafemi Law University who lost his cool, who lost his temper, and assaulted a student. Now we are reading that the Obafemi Law University has apologized for lecture for for lecturers assault on students. And you must be wondering, really, that what would lead a lecturer to so lose his cool that he would uh, would hit he would hit a, a student a student and that's just so so Paul, I want to read this report it says the management of Obafemi Femme Law University Lafayette State has issued an apology after a video of a male student being assaulted by one of his lecturers went viral on the internet it has been alleged that the 200 level student identified as gift dashed into a lecture room where the lecturer identified simply as Dr. Ario was conducting a class, mistaking it for his. Upon realizing this, he quickly attempted to exit the class, but was caught back by the lecturer. When he tried using his phone, the lecturer told him to turn it off and began assaulting him after he didn't heed his warning. According to the student, the lecturer had accused him of impersonation. Apologizing to the public over the video, the management of the institution said in a statement, quote, The attention of the authorities of OAU has been drawn to a video that has gone viral, about a lecturer in the university who allegedly assaulted a part two student. Displeased with what he saw in the video, the vice chancellor of the university, Professor Debai Obamire, has waded into the matter to set up a committee to unravel the circumstances surrounding the whole scenario. What happened in the viral video is not in our character. We are a decent and diligent set of people who will not tolerate any form of abuse or maltreatment from anyone. We therefore apologize to the people especially our alumni whose sensibilities might have been assaulted by Dashi Nainigan. We appeal to our students to remain calm and conduct their normal academic activities. We assure all stakeholders that justice will be served accordingly and appropriately. And of course, that's just the right reaction from a decent institution like that. I mean, the thing I want to engage with, I saw this video early on this week. I was just waiting for the appropriate time to, to engage with it. The point is that uh, first and foremost, uh, everybody must realize nowadays that you just never know who is recording what. Right? Something that you think you are doing and then you are just in one, in one remote part of the world. You do not know who has a phone out, who has a camera, who is making a video recording 
of what is going on. I came across something posted by a lady on Instagram at some point where this person was making fun of herself and her friends and said sometimes she would raise her phone, maybe in a restaurant or in a public place, and she would pretend to be taking a picture of herself, whereas uh, she was recording some other person, a third party. And that's not something uh, difficult to imagine, that you could be in a public place, you see somebody uh, at the corner of the room or the hall uh, using his phone or her phone. I mean, you can never know what the person is doing with his phone. I mean, nobody can come to me and say, why do you have your phone in your hand? Or why do you have your phone? I mean, I could be taking a picture of myself, maybe taking a selfie or just reading something on my phone. But you see, the person who appears to be engrossed with his phone may actually be engrossed with you. The person who appears uh, to be focused on his phone doing something may actually be focused on you, taking a picture of you, uh, taking a video recording of you. So, well, there is no longer anything hidden under the sun. But that's always been so. That's always been so. It's only that technology is making it uh, more clear to us in this generation. Uh, the technology is making it more clear to us because uh, cameras are now become ubiquitous. There was a time when cameras were not ubiquitous and only uh, only photographers had access to cameras. But now cameras are ubiquitous. Anybody, uh, even the cheapest phone nowadays, would have uh, a sort of camera installed on it, and anything could be recorded. Meaning that whatever you do, you do not, you have no idea. I mean, you you should not be surprised if what you did uh, in a place that was not witnessed by so many people. You should not be surprised if that thing uh, becomes uh, the talk of the town and goes viral on the on the internet. But for us on the Lord's side, we know that that's always been the case. It has always been so because the eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro the earth, right? Run to and fro the earth. What do you think the eyes of God are doing when they run to and fro the earth? They are looking for those who sat and loyal to him. The Lord sees everything. He sees everything. He takes note of everything. He records everything. He records everything. And uh, nobody on the Lord's side should moderate his behavior. Nobody on the Lord's side should moderate his or her behavior because somebody could be recording it. No, people on the Lord's side, we moderate our behaviors, we act in a godly manner, not because somebody could be recording a video or taking a picture, but because there is a God who sees, there's a God who sees, and it is him that we are afraid of, not only afraid of of people who may be taking pictures surreptitiously and who may send it uh, to some bloggers on the internet. And of course, this, this lecture, I'm sure you must have been surprised that that video uh, found its way uh, to uh, to the internet. He must have been surprised that somebody even took a picture of that. You know, perhaps in his anger and because he did not moderate his temper in the in the heat of the moment, he was concerned with the student. The student he was assaulting, he was concerned with that student not recording him and he told him to bring out his phone to stop using his phone. But you know, uh, many students were around so you never know somebody uh, who was recording. In fact, even if, even there are times where you cannot see somebody in your immediate vicinity who is making a recording, that person could be far away. So some cameras are so soft sophisticated now uh, that even cameras on the phones are so sophisticated that from a distance you could zoom you can zoom in and then you are recording something far 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 away and so when that man found himself on the internet found himself in that video that has gone viral that he must really have been taken aback that is the same way that uh, those who have not reconciled with god will be taken aback when all their deeds are laid bare 
and lead bear before them. We should be people who monitor our behaviors, not because it could be recorded by somebody else, but because there's a God, there's a God who sees, there's a God who sees. And some people will say, well, what of in secret? Of course, that is the place exactly where the Christian must be even more mindful. And of course, you look at this story again, and it reminds you of the need to have one's temper in check, have one's temper in check. We do not know what actually transpired before uh, that, that, that incident. Perhaps the lecturer and the student, perhaps before then, had had some... Altercation, we do not know for a fact, but uh, there, there is an expectation that the adults in a scenario should be uh, more in control of his temper. I do not claim to uh, be an expert in that as well, but we all we are called to, to have that kind of emotional maturity where you do not just lose your temper like that. And I, and I always say this, it should never get to a place where a Christian resorts to uh, to physical fight to make a point uh, somebody will say well, why are you saying a Christian even an emotionally intelligent person emotionally stable person should never try to resolve any dispute by resorting to physical fight and that's so true that's so true uh, but I can only speak for those on the Lord side that uh, those on the Lord side we are called to be patient people we are called to be people with self-control self-control so much so uh, that no matter the provocation you never you never say the things that should not be said no matter the provocation, uh, you never let it descend into a physical fight. And that is why uh, for people on the Lord's side, when there is provocation, you want to walk away and know that although you are in the right here, that I say God who sees, that I say God who avenges. In fact, once we truly believe that I say God who sees, once we, once we truly believe that I say God who avenges, you see many things, uh, it will become easy for us to take decisions on so many other things. Well, we look forward to hearing more about this story, but this much we can we can take away that there's no hiding place for anyone nowadays. There's no hiding place any longer. Whatever you do uh, somewhere in the, in the remotest part of the world could end up uh, on the phones of everyone, of everyone in the world. Be cautioned. But those of us on the we know that that is not only the thing we should be careful of. We should be mindful of the God who sees, who sees all things. Well, I'm talking about about transgenders and cross-dressers. We started this morning by lamenting that guidance from the Vatican, suggesting that the Catholic Church may now baptize uh, transgenders and allow them to be named as as godparents to those who are to be baptized. Now that that there is this uh, news from Nigeria about a popular cross-dresser, cross-dresser, Jay Boogie. I hope that's the, that's the right pronunciation of uh, this person's name. If you see pictures of this of this, of this this gentleman, you will think that he is a lady. He dresses like a lady with wigs and must have done some, some bit of surgery 
on his body as well. I think we who are the lost eyes should never fall into that uh, into that error of of using the wrong pronouns for those who are of a particular biological gender. But long and short is that this crossdresser, Jay Boogie, uh, biologically male, has now cried out because there there have been complications, serious complications, following a botched cosmetic surgery in a clinic in Lekki, Lagos. According to this report, says this person's real name is Daniel Anthony in second, but goes by the name J. Boogie. This is a biological male, a Nigerian biological male who wants to be known as female. He submitted himself, he submitted his body uh, for some cosmetic surgery in a clinic in Lekki, Lagos State, and now uh, he's suffering serious complications because uh, the last time I read it, uh, he was unable to pass urine. He was unable to pass urine all because, well, I uh, wanted uh, a surgeon to do some cosmetic su- uh, procedure on him to make him appear as a woman. And he wrote on, on, on social media saying, this surgeon wants to kill me, please. I have a medical emergency, please. This is the female surgeon's number. If anything happens to me, it's Dr. Dima. So this is this person, biological male, uh, identifying as a female, who submitted himself for this cosmetic surgery, now suffering from uh, complications, and now saying, look, this is the person who... Uh, conducted the surgery you should hold are responsible if anything should happen to uh, happen to me and you see as uh, somebody just wrote here on on whatsapp saying that god catch him and of course I, I must admit to you that that was my first reaction as well now god catch him because hey what were you doing what were you thinking what were you thinking or what did you think uh, was going to was going to happen and there have been many other videos from this uh, from this from this man, this young man, uh, lamenting what is happening to him right now. In fact, crying bitterly. There's a video I can play now of him crying bitterly and saying and, and lamenting his situation. I mean, your your Christian mind doesn't want to say, well, good for you, you must suffer the repercussion. But that's the truth. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will reap. Somebody wrote on Instagram in response to what they said, quote, we are all adults and should always stand the consequences of our action. It's not like the surgery was important and necessary, but he knows everything, but he chose to go for it, yet he's now hurting. But the truth is that he should face the consequences of his adult actions. The music goes on. Let him dance to the tune of the music. If it was some serious surgery uh, that was... That was be- that was necessitated because of threat to his life. That would be understandable. But this is something he did just for uh, for some foolish reasons. That, that that was somebody wrote on Instagram, and I agree. That is truly that is truly the the reaction to this. But the real point I want to make is that you see you see the. I mean, you can see through the foolishness of all these things because you have the Spirit of God in you. But some will say, no, it's not, it's not even because of the Spirit of God, because you have some common sense in you. But we know uh, that without the Spirit of God, sometimes what is foolish may appear as making sense to other people. And that is why you have many of the leaders, political leaders, cultural leaders in the world today, uh, urging on people like this and celebrating them. It's because the Spirit of God works in you uh, to see that uh, to see that this is as foolish 
as it comes. The point I want to make is that uh, take this story and join it with the story we first engage with, the story of the Vatican now approving for people like this, cross-dressers like this, strangers like this, to be baptized in the Catholic Church or to be named as Godparents. You see, it is another instance of a church that should be that that should be compassionate about people who are dwelling in, in foolishness, whose lives are being destroyed because of their foolish and devilish choices. It is a sad commentary that that church that should be so concerned about them is is rather affirming them, affirming them. The people who are afflicted by this malady, they are not people to be celebrated or to be admired or even to be uh, to be uh, to be cast away. They are people to be pitied, to be pitied. We should be we should pity them. We should have compassion on them. We should be praying uh, for their for their repentance. We should be counseling them. And the way to counsel a person to stop doing what is wrong is not to affirm that person. What the Catholic Church appears to want to do now is to affirm them. If you affirm that a person like this, for example, can be the godparent to a baptismal candidate or can be baptized in the Catholic Church, what would make that person suppose that he has been doing something wrong? I do pray that there will be a solution to this man's uh, complications. Let us pray that there will be some uh, medical procedure to correct what is wrong with him now that he'll be able to pass urine. You don't want him to die from these complications we want him uh, to realize the errors of his ways we want him to realize the errors of his ways and to come round to submit to the lordship of jesus christ but yes it serves him right but let us just pray that this is an opportunity for for the lord god almighty to bring him back uh, to his senses and finally today have you seen this video the video of the mother of a bride in a nigerian ceremony obviously a yoruba traditional marriage ceremony warning warning the groom listen to this Did you hear that from the mother of the bride saying this 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 child of mine, this daughter of mine, she's a treasure, and then she addressed that groom saying, Emmanuel. I love you. You are my son-in-law. But the day you ever lay hands on my daughter, you are going to see the beast, uh, the beast in me. And um, I mean, that's understandable for my parents. I do not know what led her to say that. Maybe she saw some signs, but maybe not. Maybe uh, she just said that. But but it's so it's so telling uh, that many people are resonating with this video and circulating it online now. The video of this woman, the mother of the bride, warning, warning the groom and saying, "Look, my daughter is a treasure. Please." Do not ever lay your hands on her. The day you do that, you will see the beast in me. And I think for us on the Lord's side, there is a sense in which we, we can take comfort in knowing that that is how protective God is about us. That's how protective he is about us. You know severally that we are referred to as the apple of his eye. The psalmist in Psalm 17, 8 prayed saying, 
keep me as the apple, as the apple of your eye, hide me in the shadow of your wings. And that's exactly what it does. It keeps us as the apple as the apple of as the apple of his eyes. In Deuteronomy 32:10, Moses related a poetic description of God's care for Israel. Listen to it. Deuteronomy 32:10. In a desert land, he found him in a barren and howling waste. He shielded him and cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye. That's the way the Lord dealt with Jacob. That's the way he did with all of his people, protecting them, guarding them as the apple of his eye. And that should give us comfort. It should give us comfort. Yes, this 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 bride may be comforted by knowing that look, my mom has already warned him. He dared not, he dared not raise his hand against me because he knows that my mom would be angry. But you see, there's a limit to what the mom can do. The mom will not always be there when it's just uh the the bride and the groom left in their marriage. The mom will not always be there. And even what is more, sometimes the mom may not even be able to avenge the daughter. But for us on the Lord's side, we do not only have, uh, if you have parents who are going to fight for you, good for you. If you have brothers who can fight for you, good for you. If you have some other people, maybe you have the chief of army staff in Nigeria who knows you and can, and can avenge you, well, good for you. But you know what? You should take solace and take comfort and take joy that you have him, the Lord God Almighty, who will keep you, who keeps you, who will guide you as the apple of his eye. I mean, can you imagine that? Do you think anything can go, can touch the eye of God? Can you, I mean, just, just, think of, just think of it in your heart, how protective God is about you. I mean, this is an interesting video of a protective mother, and we understand, we understand our thinking, but it should make us think about how jealously, how jealously God guards us and defends us. And I pray that I will give you comfort today and all the days of your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much for sending us this morning on Gospel Best Radio for On the Lord's Side. I hope to be with you again on Monday by the grace of God. Whatever you do, please remain firmly on the Lord's side. God bless you very good. You are listening to GospelBellsRadio.com, the Christian internet radio with a mission to engage the culture with the mind of Christ. Keep listening and invite others, too. God bless you. Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ. 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 Christ. Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ.